came from Gen X. <laughs> hey, welcome everybody to It Came From Gen X. I am your co-host, Keith Porter, along with your other co-host, Brian Fishbone Fisher. What's up, brother? Hey, how you doing, man? You know, something, Keith, is something is different tonight. I Wait, can't, man, there is. I can't quite place my finger on it, but <laughs> I think we are missing somebody tonight. Mike Skinner. Yeah, our brother's not here tonight, man. And, uh... Do you want to tell them why? Because I got a feeling some jokes are going to come and people might need some clarity, you know? Because <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if you enjoy these jokes, I'm going to put them on a thumb drive for you and send them to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Please. please. And, and please, uh, when they do arrive, please point them out to me that I, I have them. So uh, we are... we. So we are showing that we've known Mike for you know thirty years. So we could we could joke with him. We can get away so, with this, right? Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike did have an accident. He's okay. First of all, let's preface that right away. He's he fortunately is okay. Could have been a very serious matter for sure. He is refinishing his basement and setting up a, a, a entertainment area and cutting uh, a drywall and slipped in hit his fingers into his table saw and he's very very lucky he did not sever any fingers so uh marcy was right there his lovely yes, girlfriend marcy saw it yeah, oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one thank yeah, you <laughs> good uh i almost said no she didn't but you're like yeah saw joke duh. Uh, 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 come on hang up. with me finish hang with gotta me keep man. up Got to keep up with it. Uh, but yeah, quick reaction. Got to the hospital. Fortunately, nothing was severed. Yes. Poor, poor Mike did, though, cut himself, and he, he did break his uh, index finger. He's going to have to have a surgeon take a look at it on Thursday. He may have to have a pin or something. But thank goodness he has he has feeling. He has mobility in his hand. It was his left hand, so it's not his dominant hand. So he's okay. And he made sure to FaceTime me today. He didn't want me hearing about his second hand. God bless you, brother. Yes. And I've been having some issues myself. I was so out of it, but I was so glad that he did that. Because if I had to see that on social media or something, I'd be like, what? <laughs> yep. So uh, he's he's going to be okay. So I love you, brother. Yep. And hopefully you'll be back here next week with us uh, doing your, what we normally do. So Absolutely. with that if being said. There, I'm sorry. If you're ahead. out there, give, let's give Mike a hand. Yes. That, that he's okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Are we Sorry. done? Yeah, we're, are we done? For okay. For now. All right. For now. Yes. 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 I'll be working on stuff throughout the show. But anyway, uh, hey, since you're talking, <laughs> since you're so handy, go ahead and uh, tell everybody where they can find the show. Yes. Very good. So uh, you can, you might be listening to us on WMVU.org, Global Internet Radio, Mondays from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Give us a listen there through their app, uh, WMVU.org. Uh, you may listen to us whenever you feel like it. Uh, let your fingers do the walking and find a, uh, us on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, Apple Podcasts, and more. Ask your home assistant device to play the It Came From Gen X podcast, and she will do that for you from the comfort of your home or wherever you have your smart speaker. YouTube channel, It Came From Gen X. All video versions of the show will be there for you. Email the show. Give us feedback, comments. Uh, suggestions it came from genx330 at gmail.com all show information on our facebook page at it came from genx all one word also out there on instagram it came from underscore genx 
Twitter, it came from Gen X. And TikTok, it came from Gen X 330. All this information, if you can't remember any of it, packaged up nice and neat for you on our Linktree account, uh, as suggested by our young talent, your son, Steele, and Mike Skinner Jr. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Linktree, just uh, search Link, L-I-N-K, Tree. It came from Gen X, and our profile will pop right up for you. Nothing to log into. It'll pop up. All the links to all the social media I just shared with you are right there for you. Podcast pages, email, Facebook, YouTube, all that's right there for you. Link tree. It came from Gen X. Check us out. If you do like our stuff, thank you. Share us, subscribe, follow, rate, review on podcasts. Helps others find the show. We very much appreciate your support. The page has grown a little bit, so hopefully if you're new to our page, maybe you're checking us out here for the first time, and if so, we hope you enjoy and hang with us. So, and hope, hopefully they'll realize we just try to be a cut above the rest, so hopefully. <laughs> that's right. That's right. A cut above. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, normally, Fish, we start off with world news. Yep. We, we differed up a couple of times, but normally we start with world news, which mm-hmm. is a Mikey's joint. And so you and I decided to do something different today. We're going to split the world news section. How does that sound? That's perfect. That's perfect. All right. Well, let's get started with some world news. Go ahead. Now, Mm the story that caught my eye was the story with uh, Daniel Ellsberg. He is being threatened with 50 years in prison Hmm. by revealing some papers. They call them the uh, Vietnam 50. And these papers are allegedly would reveal the lies that was told by the U.S. government in regards to Vietnam. Very compelling uh, lies, if you will. Now, I don't know anything about the, what they could possibly be talking about, which isn't what we, we're not a news reporter, uh, news reporting um podcast that's not what we do here mm-hmm. this is it came from gen x because we look at things from a gen x point of view and the dichotomy between that and maybe a millennial point of view and things of that nature so i was sitting here looking at the story and i'm like man vietnam that was a long long time ago and it's started me thinking fish about the old argument going on about uh the truth versus national security we have what we call whistleblowers from as far back as I can remember. And they had a lot of support because, and you know, the reporters, they always think that everything should be out there. You know, they think if it's, if, if it's a story, it should be out there regardless of who it hurts or whatever. And there also is the old argument that, you know, I think about the old, uh, um, the old movie quote from uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth, which I understand that too. Sometimes the truth is out there, but people can't handle the truth. You might think you want to know the truth, but you really couldn't handle it. And of course, people, uh, you don't think they know what's best in a subject that they have no, no idea about. So I understand both sides of it. So I was in here thinking, man, how how do you weigh that of uh, the truth versus national security should we know everything 
Or should there be some things held back? Who's to determine that? You know, who's to determine what is worth us doing, what is not worth doing? So I thought I'd ask the question to you today, Fish. What ale allegedly government secret would you want to be revealed? Hmm. That is now, interesting. I'm, Go I, ahead. I don't want. I don't mm -hmm. want to mess up your list because if you're thinking of these, any of these, I'm gonna just throw a couple at you here, just kind of get your mind rolling. So, and it's okay if you want to choose one of those. Who shot JFK? And of course, the biggest one, Area Fifty One. Hmm. Uh. Well, I'm highly interested in both of those, frankly. So. Sure. I, I mean, national security for me, certainly there's a line to where if you are putting out information that is endangering someone's lives, mm -hmm. you know, right now. So certainly if you have, you know, a military operation or you have, you know, spies that are infiltrated somewhere and you release something and you're putting people's lives in danger, something like that, certainly... Yeah, let's. We don't need to know everything real time. Certainly, you you just can't, right? So, right. But stuff, you know, you mentioned the Vietnam and other stuff. I mean, that you know that put that killed a lot of soldiers. Yes, so if, it did. If, if, yes, it if did. you spun if you spun that in a way to, and that's sort of that happens. That's that's it's happened since that time, and where you know the a position or you know what a country is, is has going on. Uh, and they, they make it more of a threat than it really Listen, is. I, I believe this with all my heart that we have lost thousands and thousands of our young, brave soldiers yeah. because the two old white guys were sitting in a room smoking cigars and got in an argument. Sure. You know, I'm just yeah. being honest with you. Go ahead. Yeah. And I, so like the Vietnam thing, for example, if, if we if we really position that country as more of a threat than what it was just to send soldiers in there to try to accomplish something else. And a lot of mm -hmm. guys got killed. A lot of guys are and women, certainly soldiers, mm -hmm. let's say, are still reliving horrors to this day and yeah, has, has a hard time functioning in normal life because of all that. That's not good. So that type of stuff. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Get that out there. Hold some people yeah. accountable. Uh, for misleading information like that. So I think that type of stuff I'm into. As far as the other things you mentioned, yeah, definitely interested in Area 51. With the, uh, and, you know, certainly the JFK. I, I've been in all those movies in the yeah. 90s. And all Fascinating kind of, stuff. Yeah, it really is. You know, it was, it, I, you know, I, you, you, you have the like story you know that was told, happened, but, but logic does it. Yeah. Uh, logic, logistics, all of that stuff doesn't come into play. Um, right. Like we 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 dealing with one recently uh, with the uh, September 11th mm -hmm. uh, catastrophe that happened. You know, you have all these stories coming out about the impossibility of jet fuel being able to do what they claim it did, and 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 all, I could go on and on about it. But let's go back even further in history. Mm -hmm. How about the the lies that we've been told just to. Uh, to create this sense of uh, America unity or whatever. Like recently, we go back to Christopher Columbus, this hero that he was put up as. And, and we don't want to take any way for any of his accomplishments. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not part of cancel culture by any uh, establishment, but, but just the way he was put up as this hero 
you know, and the lies. Oh, he was the first person to establish America or find America and all this other stuff. That right there was, was inaccurate after Rip. And we find out what a, what a crude uh, individual this guy was. Even some of the, the, the founding fathers, you know, were some rude, crude slave owners, things of that nature. And I feel if you're going to tell a story, just tell the truth. I'm not saying cancel it, don't act like it didn't happen, right. but tell the whole truth. Mm-hmm. You know, like they want to tear down a lot of these different statues. For what? Did it not happen? Just tell the whole truth, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I just thought it was interesting to think about, man, some of the biggest stories uh, that, that we know that the government knows more than, than we let on to. Uh, obviously, the alien thing has fascinated people for forever. Um, and there's legit- legitimacy to it for the simple fact that there is Area 51. Sure. And I tell you what, if you don't think there is, try riding over there and watch what happens. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, yep. you know, hey, that, that right there lets me know, I don't know what's up, but something's up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my, my story on the World News Front today. What do you got, brother? Uh, so... For a while now, as we know, and it's not unique to the last even administration that was in power, but it seems like our Republicans and Democrats in the House and Senate, it seems like... That old story, huh? <laughs> yeah, it just, it just seems like they, you know, somebody introduces something on one side, the other side continues to be against it, almost because it's just the other just party government, introduced yeah, it. exactly. You know, I mean, definitely stuff gets passed. There's definitely been stuff that's been passed that you can argue has helped the American people, even in the last administration. Okay, and I may or may not agree with all all the everything it stood for, but there were some things that came out of it that okay did help people out. Yeah. Sure, all right, uh, but just it seems like it's just a constant battle to get anything done of any significance. You know, we know the current president's trying to pass a whole infrastructure thing. Actually, that's coming along a little bit, so there could, we could see something there to help improve our infrastructure. But uh, just the other day. The Senate passes a $250 billion bipartisan tech and manufacturing bill aimed at countering China. Okay, This was uh, one of the largest bills that's ever passed, uh, one of the largest industrial bills in U.S. history. Uh, it passed the chamber, the Senate chamber, 68 to 32. So pretty overwhelming. So it was certainly not along party lines at all. So uh, definitely, you know, a, a significant majority voted for this thing. So it will, at a high level, the scope of the bill, let's see, it will, the final part of at least six Senate committees and almost all members of the chamber could be one of the last major bipartisan bills of 2021. Mm. It provides $52 billion to fund the semiconductor research, design, and manufacturing initiatives and uh, so the, the bottom line is China a long time, you know, they, they've been, they're lapping us in many respects in uh, uh, technology and manufacturing and everything else. So uh, we're talking a little bit off camera, Keith. They, they launched some initiatives some time ago. Yes. Made in China, I heard, where their goal is, although we didn't invent some of this stuff, we want to be able to manufacture all the supporting components and everything to be 100% self-reliant as a nation in a lot of these huge uh, in manufacturing technology 
advancements. So it finally, the the government stepped up and said, whoa, we, we need to do something for the betterment of uh, get past our current bickering and put something out there for the mm. betterment of the future of this nation. So I thought that was pretty good. It was nice to see that. You know, our not a moment pro- too soon, huh? <laughs> That's right. It's too late, almost. Hopefully, not too late. But at least they got together. So it's nice to see that they can come together for something to help the future of this nation. So, kind of a big deal. So uh, that's a, that's a lot. It's, I just said. It's a any huge thoughts? Go deal. Huge deal, and it surprises me. It, it overwhelms me. It angers me that it took the U.S. so long. Right. Because bipartisan politics to me just been another term that hasn't existed, mm-hmm. and you nail it on the head. Somebody could come up with a with a way to cure cancer, but if your party didn't do it, you're not going to support it. You know, right. something like that. But uh, it reminds me of the last couple of Middle Eastern skirmishes that we've been in and our dominance in them, and a lot of these uh, other countries have had the firepower. But one thing we understood is one thing to have a nice missile. But when you can have a if we, where we stood apart was guidance systems. Mm-hmm. Other country has the firepower like we did, but only we could put one on your back porch. Mm-hmm. You know, that could knock on the. Who is it? Smart bomb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. And we understood this. So why are we, have we taking so long now? To not see China was doing us the same way, mm-hmm. you know. Well, okay. You want to make that that old joke made in China? That's where it's going to be made at too, and that's where we're going to get you at. And that's the way they've been doing it. About time. I'm happy, but it took too long, fish. Yep, I agree. I agree. I mean, so hopefully something good comes out of it, and uh, certainly it creates a. Uh, a huge opportunity for a lot of jobs in these industries. So, you know, certainly uh, you know, students and you know, young people vying to get into, you know, engineering and technology. Yeah. I mean, there's that's where it is. Should open up a lot of opportunities. If, if you're a first or second year college student right now, wondering which way to go, yeah. you know, for for your uh, your your bachelor's, this might not be a bad idea. You know. Yeah, there you go. And it's just kind of made me reflect as well. All these, you know, in our time growing up, it was always Russia. You know, Russia was the bad guys. So not, they're still not friendly, obviously, today. Right. Still very, as we know, a very unusual mm-hmm. relationship. But to see China now become the country that we fear the most, uh, not militarily, certainly. Well, actually, kind of, because yeah, of some of these advancements sure. they've made, too, frankly. Sure. but. Uh, certainly technology-wise is a sort of an interesting turn of events in our yeah. lifetime. So. And definitely, uh, 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 you know, you're, 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 you're dealing with viruses and things like that now. Sure. But uh, the hardest enemy to fight is the one you can't see. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, okay. Uh, all right, good stuff. Yeah. So, good uh, good uh, topics. Um and then now, getting, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, since you're talk, well, you're warmed up, let's go ahead and, and, and stay with you with some okay. uh, popular culture, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that grows out. Pop culture. Okay, thank you, sir. Well, as usual, the last few weeks we've had an unfortunate passing of a a popular culture figure from our our 
generation. Uh, this past Sunday morning, actor Ned Beatty. I wish I was Ned. Beatty. I thought it was Beatty. I heard it was pronounced Beatty today, so I'm going with Ned Beatty. Uh, he passed yeah, away. I heard both. Natural causes, age 83, surrounded by family. Uh, if you sort of know the name, if you've seen the movie Deliverance with uh, Burt Reynolds, young Ned. If you young, watch the movie, you've Bert. seen Ned Beatty and something. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and then he was also uh, the character Otis in the original Superman movie yep. with Christopher Made that Reeve. Character. Yeah. And he won, he was nominated for Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in 1976's Network. So, like you said, if you if you watch movies in the 70s and early 80s, you probably saw Ned Beatty and something. Ned Beatty, Ned Beatty. Uh, so, rest in peace, Ned. Any particular? I mean, I know you you know Ned. You say you were a oh, fan yeah. of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just one of those names that weren't a household name, but every time everything you saw him in, he was great. Uh, he was awesome. Now, there's three roles that he stuck out for for me. And you mentioned the Otis role, Superman. I forgot about that. He was great in that. He was good at playing the fool, the dolting type character. Yeah. But uh, he was good at playing that serious role too. And three roles that stuck out to me, uh, as far as playing that that fool, it was a short, short role. But he was in uh, uh Back to School. With Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I just thought the few minutes those two had on screen together was hilarious, you know. Uh, but the two serious roles that meant a lot to me, one was Rudy. Uh, Rudy, one of my favorite sports movies. He was yes. the father of Rudy. Oh, gosh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, man, if you have not seen this movie, and it's a shame how many people have not seen it, it is one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies, uh, Charlie Wilson's War. Mm. And okay. Charlie Wilson is a was a a, tr- a real congressman who, when the Afghans were being attacked by the Russians, and the USA couldn't directly get involved, but they were sworn to protect us when all the Afghan war happened. Um, Charlie Wilson was the man who looked into finding what the budget was for the them, and it was like something like five million dollars, which was laughable. And so he got them to increase it first to uh, twenty million, and something like fifty million. And it, he told them that the only way that they're going to be able to kill the Russians is to shoot down the helicopters. And that was his theme through the whole movie: got to get shoot down the helicopters, shoot down the helicopters. And of course, Dead Beatty played a character. He was on one of the the subcommittees, one of the guys that approved all the big money. You know, mm-hmm. here's twenty billion for that. But and uh, he he was. Uh, uh, Charlie Wilson, played by uh, Tom Hanks, took him overseas to see the camps, to see the refugee camps, the kids dying in their mother's arms. And he was so <laughs> struck by them, he just said, give me an open checkbook, pretty much. But it was one of the best movies and best true stories. If you've never seen Charlie Wilson's War, watch that movie. I don't know that I have. I'll have to... Yeah. I'll have to I'll uh, what's your name for the two from uh, Pretty Woman? Um, uh... What's her name from pre or uh, Julia Roberts? Yeah, just, uh, yeah. she did an unbelievable role in that movie as well. And it's all true story, man. Hmm. Fascinating story. One Very of the good. one of the last great performances of uh, uh, she just passed away. Uh, gosh, she was in um, who's the young actor that just passed away? Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. But one of his last performances as well, uh, Hoffman. Huffman? 
You know what I'm talking about? Hoffman. Yeah, it sounds so familiar. Mm. Hold on, I got his name right here. Okay. He was was from uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. One of his last great performances, man. He was awesome. Matter of fact, he was phenomenal. He was an old CIA agent that didn't care about the boss, didn't care about the rules. And I'm telling you, you would love this movie. Okay. So you give it a... Thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy one. That was so easy. easy. We didn't even work on that one, uh, Skinner. That one just came out naturally. <laughs> yep. There you go. Very easy. It's very easy to make fun of each other. It's, uh, yes, it yeah, is. Easiest part Scary. of the show. Okay. So, uh, rest in peace, uh, Ned. Uh, we talked about NFTs on a prior episode. So non-fungible tokens, which is basically yes. you are buying the rights to own an electronic image. So it's essentially like buying a painting signed by the the painter. However, that painting is displayed essentially in a public place where anybody can look at it as much as they wish you're not making any money from that. However, you can say you own that painting, if you will. I love so, millennials. <laughs> yeah. So a meme, it's literally I'll put I'll put it on the on the on the page within our video at the very least and our show promos and all that, but it's literally a picture of this man's dog or whomever's dog. Okay, that's it. And it wound up being kind of a famous meme, and the person sold it for a record. For an NFT, four million dollars. Somebody Dude, just paid. How do I get in that. on this action, man? <laughs> more and more people are doing that. So we could literally—I don't know the steps—but we could make the. It came from Gen X. We could take an image or something and make it a NFT somehow. And if somebody was willing to pay to say that they owned it, then there you have it. So. Just the unusual wow. trend of NFTs in 2021. It's a huge thing. So it's still hard for me to understand the. Well, maybe why. we can get Skinner to work on something while he's on break. Rather than yes. just sit around with his thumb up his butt, you know, so he can work on that. Yes. yes. Good. We'll do some research. You hear that, Skinner? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so I just an unusual trend continues. I don't really get it. I don't know the, you know, unless I just have a lot of money and I want to be able to say, you see that dog meme out there? I own the picture of that. And that's mine. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know, right? It's kind of like, okay. Gosh, okay. I don't know, man. Okay. I will okay. never understand it. I don't want to talk old fuddy duddy, but I just don't get it. <laughs> I. I don't either. If anybody has any comments out there, why you think NFTs are uh, you know worth an investment? I, people must think somehow. Yes, they must think somehow. It's either we're, either, we're either not dogging it. We just saying we don't understand. That's all we're That's saying. Right. That's right. Either they think it's going to increase in value, or it's strictly bragging rights, or some combination of those things. So I I, I don't know. So I guess we'll we'll find out as we go. Um, so a, a pretty well-known show for us uh, growing up a little bit in the 90s, uh, Sex in the City, huge, huge show. Uh, it is like a handful of shows from the 80s and 90s are rebooting with original cast members. So Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis 
recently posted a picture on social media. All these ladies are in their mid fifties, still very lovely. You know, don't get me wrong. Uh, but they, you know, and again, why not? If someone's offered you a paycheck to come back, if you don't have a whole lot going on, you want to look, you want to make some money, get back in these roles, which I'm sure they very much enjoyed. So rebooting sex in the city. I don't know a whole lot about it. I didn't really see where it's going to be shown yet, but uh, were you a sex in the city fan? Are you interested in this reboot or, not a fan, don't really care. What are your thoughts, Keith? Not a fan, don't really mm-hmm. care. So rather than comment about the show specifically, I want to talk about this trend. I, I wasn't shocked at all yeah. to hear that, okay? Yeah. But there's a time and place for everything. And I think what it is is it's about we as Generation X where we are in time. So you have these great things that you love in the 80s. It takes about yeah. 30 years. For the first 10 years, it's run its course. It's peaked, then it's run its course, then it's over. Okay, then it goes into syndication for a while. Then it just dies away because all the new stuff have come along and you forget about it. So now you get about 20, 30 years past it. And man, I missed that. And it's time to capitalize on it, which is why you got your Friends remake. You had your uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air re-get together. And yeah. I think we're going to continue to see more of this. Like you said, hey, if, if you're going to be able to make some money off it, why not? And pretty soon, somebody's going to remake something we want to see. Uh, like yeah. I said, the, the Fresh Prince uh, remake was 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 awesome. And uh, they got to the uh, Uncle Phil section. And boy, you had to get some Kleenex, I'm telling you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat. We're we're the, we're the, we're nostalgic by nature. Yeah, you're you're correct. You're right, and and you're right. With our age group, we're right in the heat of that right now. We're seeing mm-hmm. '80s fashion coming back. We're seeing yeah. '80s and '90s shows coming back. Good I know point. Matt Matt about you's already been out right with Paul Reiser. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. Uh, yeah, I can't think of the the actress's name. That's Paul Reiser's wife. No. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it, we're gonna like you say we're gonna see more and more of these if there, if somebody's willing to sit down and watch it in our age group or otherwise, then you're right. It's gonna something that's gonna continue. I don't know. I mean, I tend to. Does it tarnish to you, Keith? Does it tarnish when they reboot some of these? Does it tarnish the original shows or no? Well, had its time it, and place. See, that's and a great question. Different. That's yeah. a great question, Fish. And this is where it gets tricky. Sometimes something was made too early, mm-hmm. and you think, man, if I if the if the technology, like, let me give you an example. Let's look at our favorite uh, superhero movies. Right, mm-hmm. there were some great attempts before, but the technology didn't match the dream. Yeah, so they had to leave that alone. Come back 30, 40 years later. Now we have the technology to really express what we're saying here. You know, you really couldn't see Spider-Man swinging from building to building when they first tried it back in the early, late 70s. That was horrible. But now it's like, man, with the 360 motion cameras and all that, you're living it. So some of these stories that were, uh, the, the, uh, you know, uh, FCC laws and, and things of that nature, you couldn't say certain things or portray certain things. They were ahead of their time. So I think sometimes make remaking something now with a little bit more freedom makes it better, makes it a little more, I can relate to this. Yeah. Then sometimes you kind of like, you milk it to death and it's like, you know what? You mess up. So it can work either way. It can work either way. 
Yeah. I'm interested in the sense of, I mean, I, I'm sure they'll do this, but if, if these ladies are just what they are, they're, they're, we are more mature women. I, and if they're portrayed that way in, you know, we maybe they're back on the dating scene trying to date in their mid-50s and dealing with a whole other array of, you know, uh, you know, online, who knows what they're going to do with it. But to me, if they set them in the proper time, they're not just 50-year-old ladies trying to live like they were in their 20s and 30s. Right, right. But it could exactly. certainly be interesting and different dynamic. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of this too, Keith, in, the an- in animation too. I agree with you 100% on the superhero <laughs> stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about last week on uh, Seth Rogen is coming back to redo another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and get yeah. his perspective on right. it. The, if you've not seen the previews yet, go check it out after the show for the new Masters of the Universe. Uh, that's going to be on, I think it's Netflix. Looks terrific. Been waiting terrific, for that. Terrific. Yeah. Uh, the guy, Jay, guy that plays uh, Jay, not Silent Bob. Silent Bob is, uh, you know, talking about that yeah. guy. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Anyways, he's 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 involved in it, but it's just the the guys that are our age or around our age that grew up with this stuff that are fans, able to take the reins and, like you say, tell the story as a true fan. We're seeing much success with all of that in the Star Wars universe and the superhero stuff. So that type of stuff, I say, definitely keep it coming. All right, Uh, are you a Hamilton music musical fan? Keith, have you seen Hamilton on Disney, or you seen the movie at all, or I know okay, you're familiar so, with it? Uh, I have seen bits and pieces of it. Okay, it, I, it has not garnered my attention enough to say I've said to watch it from beginning to end. Yeah, I have saw bits and pieces of it at different times. I've enjoyed everything that I saw, mm-hmm. but I have not watched the entire thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not against it. I'm not as big of a musical fan personally. Not it's just not my thing mm-hmm. really. But certainly a huge, huge success. And this gentleman, Lin Manuel Miranda, created this thing, and he just released a new musical mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, In the Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is debuting on HBO Max. Actually, just recently in theaters and HBO Max on June 10th. So this just started. So it is about a, um, let's see here. It's basically people living in a, in a, uh, uh, a local neighborhood. No community. In struggles yeah. in a community. Exactly. So I think the, you know, the content seems like it makes a lot of sense. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a, a great change of pace for him. It's got a lot of positive buzz. So uh, I don't know. I just think just. For him, great for him. Yeah, I'm sure he. You know, he's definitely Hamilton is a huge, huge right. success. And to me, if it shows, you know, bring some uh, light right. to some of the struggles and living in a sure a community and mm-hmm. you know helping each other and more of a Latino community, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, let me address just one. The, the movie is specific, and then mm-hmm. just musicals. Uh, I, I try not to ever, ever say anything negative about anything or anybody who's trying to do something that has a positive feeling. Mm-hmm. And what I've only seen the commercials of this movie, but man, when I watch it, it just gives me that old feeling of community, you know, yeah. our, na- our neighborhood coming together. And one of the things that has are leaving so fast right now is, is neighborhoods. 
I was thinking about that the other day. Like, man, you can't even have a black block party anymore or, or, or a block yard sale anymore. We're losing stuff like that so bad. And it was so great, you know, when you knew your neighbors four or five houses down. Yeah. You know, and everybody now was so, you know, secretive. We got our cameras up and all this other stuff. So I appreciate that. When I see movies like that, I'm like, yeah, show us more. Show us more of these old neighborhoods coming together. You know what I mean? Yes. Even all the way back to Spike Lee's, uh, 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 the Spike Lee movie. I can't think of right now. Uh, uh, about Raheem's Pizza. and There was a major crime committed there. But anyway, all the way back to that. All the way back to even um, uh, West Side Story. Uh, and things of that nature. So I really dig that. I'll probably see this movie on cable somewhere and probably mm -hmm. appreciate it and dig it. As uh, far as movies I've got a concern, yeah, man. I mean, it's cool. I'm not... I like he's got to have a subject matter to really catch my attention, but I dig them. I think they're great, man. You know, just being a musician myself, um, it's just another art form. Uh, trust me, man, singing and dancing and acting at the same time, that is something hard to do. And you, even on TV and movies, you get away with murder. Try seeing it live, and you got doing it live. You know, you can't cut and paste. You know, parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got to be out there spinning around, catching your breath, singing lines, then go back into acting mode, the character you're in. Uh, new respect for him since I was in a couple of musicals. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm interested. I'll, I mean, I'll check it out at some point. And I'm with you 100 on the whole community theme whether it be a movie or a musical or whatever yeah. i mean you know as we know in our old neighborhood where we graduated keith kenmore i mean it's it's really over the years it's it's taking a rough turn it's taking the, a rough turn it stinks the, man but the local community is really working hard to try to renovate and you're seeing more and more positive things pop up with yeah. family oriented evenings and murals and all kinds of different things. And it just shows you the power of if, if people come together, like you right. said, and try to make their community better. Right. You can I know this one jerk. He had like some Lion King movie in his backyard didn't invite me, but that's cool. That's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think you were invited, if I'm not mistaken, and you weren't able to make it. I was invited. Uh, yeah, actually, what, what I was telling you today, that was the beginning of it, man. Okay. Right? Yeah. So we'll do more. We'll do yeah, more back sure. the movies for sure. Okay. That's uh, just a super fast, uh, just to maybe feel a little older. Michael J. Fox <laughs> recently turned 60 years of age. Wow. Michael J. Fox is just, I always picture him, and I watched it even recently. We talked about Back to the Future. I, I That to me, forever is Michael J. Fox. I don't care how old he ever gets. He's going to be that teenage kid. In Marty McFly. Play. Exactly right. So still looks great. Still with his beautiful wife of many, many years. Uh, it's just that kind of hit me the other day. So Michael J. Fox loved a lot of his stuff. So may you live a lot longer, uh, Mr. Fox. So that's what, that's what I got. He is one of those people who is the epitome of our generation growing up. Oh, yeah. Um, he was the right guy for the right movies with the mm -hmm. uh, uh, Back to the Future movies. And those movies gave us insight on things that are actually real today. Yeah. So it was very futuristic, right. very insightful. Also, his character is Alex P. Keaton. Yes. Um, I, I thought it opened up a whole new world to... Uh, to of uh, Republicans to, to, yeah. to Generation X people, I really did. Um, sure. Him and I give credit to him and Carlton on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So, um, 
love the guy. Then we want to talk about the, the strength of character that this guy has dealing with the illness that he has dealt with. Uh, but is it Parkinson's, I believe? Yes. Yeah, and the strength of character for him to bounce back. You know, he started with a couple of announcements on award shows, and then just back in some TV shows, man. They tried to bring back the uh, the one show, and uh, it didn't work out. But you know, I love the guy, like you said, man. More, 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 uh, more, uh, more of you. God bless you. Have more birthdays, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay, Heath, what do you have in the world of music and sports, sir? Okay, music and sports. So, let's start off with some sports today, man. Sports. Mm-hmm. You know, a little little story kind of close to me here. Le'Veon Bell is a free agent today. Now, what Le'Veon said the other day in regards to his free agency didn't sit well with a lot of people. He said, I'd rather retire than play for Andy Reid. Hmm. You know, there's just some people you don't badmouth. You just don't do it. You get jumped on, you get stumped on, because people ain't having it. Andy Reid is one of those guys in the NFL. Loved by players, loved by coaches, and I would imagine some of the people close to Le'Veon Bell said, hey, bro, you need to fix this up. So in his, I don't want to say retraction, but in his, uh, I can't remember the word they said, uh, fixing it up, he said, I meant what I said. I'm not standing back from it, and especially after what he said to me. So I guess that, that was his way of justifying it by putting out there, well, Andy said something to me first, but you didn't say what it was. I, I really don't care what Andy said to you. The point of it is this. You almost was out of the NFL completely. You screwed up with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. You screwed up with them, and because of your ego, you set out a whole year and lost $14 million to prove what point. I don't know. Then you go sign with the Jets, and you got less money than you would have got with the Steelers. And then you were almost out of football, and who gave you a career like he's done for so many others? Andy Reid. Yep. Same thing happened to LaShawn McCoy, but you know what? Shady kept his mouth shut and ended up getting a Super Bowl ring with Kansas City because of Andy Reid. And that's all you had to do. So uh, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. And I'm thinking to myself, social media has messed up so many of these young athletes. They have, don't hit sin. Don't hit sin. There should be a national uh, committee uh, campaign going on. Don't hit sin. Don't hit sin. Because it's too easy to be liquored up you know, 3 o'clock in the morning and read what some sports writer said about you and you go off yep. on the deep end and you hit sin. Then you got to wake up the next way and you got to walk it back down. So I wanted to talk about uh, some of the worst social media uh, uh, things that have ruined athletes' uh, lives and even go back in the day when before there was social media was some of the... Uh, just the interviews that have messed sure. up some of the uh, professional athletes. So uh, I have a list here of ways that uh, the uh, how social media posts have ruined athletes' lives. Let me find my list here. Here we go. 
Okay, oops. There we are. Now, I'm going to read some of these by you. Tell me what you think. Or okay. I want to talk about different ways that social media has ruined uh, athletics. Uh, number 10, the viral thing. And we can see like it's a millennial uh, type of uh, badge of honor that you're, you're willing to sacrifice anything just to go viral. I think the whole viral game was being put out there to push people to go past the envelope. And I think it's called a lot of regretful, a lot of regretful things being put out there on social media. Fish? Yeah, I agree. It's just like you say, it's too, it's, I want to get some type of publicity and I don't really care necessarily if it's positive or negative. Um, yeah, like you say, it's just you, you, you might say some things that maybe you don't even really believe in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, just to get those likes and that exposure out there. So, yeah, I don't quite get that either. I'm with you. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, a, well, that's a, a great. Trend, a, a, not a good. You go, ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's a great segue to number nine. Because mm -hmm. you said, like, get some things up there that aren't necessarily true. You don't believe. Number nine is I got athletes to athlete beefs that are non existent in reality. Right. You know, it starts all, you know, social media wants to see this and that. You want to see, uh, you want to believe that this, you know, LeBron James really hates Steph Curry and they're going at it. Totally. You know, you want to believe that for a fan perspective, but too many times the non-existent beefs have been created on social media. Yeah, I don't know if that's quite as harmful, but you're right. It's still something, it's just a ridiculous game to get exposure. Okay. No, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, athletes and fans. Uh, there has been some athletes that have went yeah. after some fans for some mm -hmm. of the stuff they posted. And, and that could cause a real problem. When you start, anytime you intermix athletes and fans, it's never going to be good. Yeah, I'm with you. You just don't know what people are capable of. Yeah. You know, the, you know it's. I, some guy you're messing with as a fan, I mean, again, you don't know that's very, that could be risky. You don't know what people. You know, it's, I don't it's know. all bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you're supposed to be above all that, anyways. Exactly. And so I'm not saying if you're walking out like you've seen some unfortunate recent events where a fan has literally poured you know beer or popcorn on uh -huh. some NBA players exiting. That's if you're doing stuff like that and you get your face punched, you should get your you face. You should punched get your face punched Thank at you. that point, right? Yeah. But yeah. as far as social media and all that, I mean, this, this you're pro athlete. Uh, just steer clear of that stuff. Just rise above it. People will go away eventually. You would think. So you would think. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Number seven. When it ruins the element of surprise, we got people stalking out places twenty four seven nowadays. Yeah. You know, guys, nothing is better than seeing, uh, you know, ESPN breaking news. You know, we that's exciting when we see it on ESPN, man. But now, yeah. you know, you see. It's been reported that Michael Jordan's been in the building. You know, we all kind of had a feeling he was coming back to Chicago days before it happened. You know, yeah. things like that. And so uh, you, you got a sense of seeing my athletes in the building with a suit on. Oh, they're about to announce a retirement. Or in, and we know about injuries, which has affected the whole gambling system because right. uh, of social media. So sometimes it can ruin elements of surprise, and it's not a good thing. Yeah, I'm with you. It's just like we're, you know, this. I'm sure ties into we're so inundated with content out there and all these 
media companies have to do all they can just to try to get an edge up on their competitors and it's just you know i i'm with you just yeah. let's get a legitimate story when it's when it's legitimate then broadcast it and right that's it yeah it's it's, it's and now it's we got to do with all these fake stories and fake deaths on facebook you know what i mean I, I, right. that's ridiculous okay all right number six overexposure you know i i got it with the nfl the nfl is watching all these nba guys first of all they already have better contracts than, than the nfl and they're taking way more risk. But also, the exposure in the NBA is so much greater because they don't have to wear a helmet. Right. So I get it using social media to kind of make a, a, you know, a household name out of yourself. I understand that because you got to do something after football, and I get it. But the overexposure now is like, you know, we got tired of hearing about Le'Veon Bell when that whole thing was going on. We got tired of hearing about... Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of some of the other names, but you know what I'm saying. Yep. Overexposure right now can be as detrimental as it is helpful. Yeah, it's just it was just different in our time. That's all. I mean, you we you know you had to wait around for an interview with Michael Jordan or see him on television to, and he had some time to prepare for that stuff. Yeah. It seems like you know what I'm saying. So it was just a little bit more controlled and everything, and it just the anticipation was a little bit. Well, you're right. Yeah. And the reason why I'm lying is because it's like you're looking at my list. You keep doing me these great segues, dude. You just mentioned yeah. Michael Jordan. So I want to talk about some things that just do they get old or are they still funny? The crying Jordan meme. <laughs> that was actually next oh, yeah. on my list. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You get tired of stuff like that all the time? The Jordan meme? Or is it still funny to you? I think it, I, those are funny to me because of the creativity, how people will put them. And Jordan himself, yeah, actually, yes, he made yeah, fun people, of himself yeah. in some recent appearance. I think it might have been a, it might have been a, I don't know what it was, but it was something where he wanted to make a joke and brought up his own meme. Yeah, which, I heard that was, was pretty funny. funny. Yeah. yeah, so I, I like that stuff. Give me the creativity. That's that I'll take all day. I'll take, Creative okay. humor. Yes, I'll I'll take that. Fair enough. Now yeah. uh, number four. Is when athletes are disciplined because of it, and 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 and, and law, I guess you would say, being tried in a court of public opinion. Uh, I've seen athletes disciplined because of uh, the effect of social media. Um, one of the things that I I can think of as recent, and I don't know how this was even uh, even allowed. Um, former Ohio State quarterback turned wide receiver. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Wait, is camera in the locker or in the uh, uh, meeting room or something? No, or? no, no, nothing no. like that. Okay. But he he tr he sold some of his own memorabilia, or he traded it for a tattoo. Okay, I'm uh, hearing something about it. Yeah, yeah, he traded, and he was still in college when this happened. The story came out. On social right. media throughout the summer, and before this kid was ever drafted, uh, a member of the NFL, you know, our great commissioner, suspended him for so many games. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think if this story would have been, if it wasn't for social media, this would have never happened. And I don't know how you got the power to suspend somebody that's not even part of your league. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Some of the, some of these social media trials are, are ridiculous. I agree with you. I mean, as a young kid at the time, it happened. You didn't catch him at the time. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, uh, I don't number know. three, uh, and I, this is one of the most fun things um, to do in the in the month of March uh, or late month of uh, February, and that's when your NCAA brackets get leaked early. Uh, I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Um, that is a fun time for offices all over the country. People who don't even watch basketball, they do. I, I work at a law firm. They had a whole wall of that bracket, you know, every year done up, you know, and money being involved. Don't mess with the NCAA brackets, man. Right. Make it even for everybody. Yep. I agree. Okay. Uh, I agree. Number two, um, just unwarranted criticism and drama that it creates. Uh, it's a lot, of, a lot of people get brave when it comes to hitting sin. Um, if you can't say, you ain't got the guts to say it in somebody's face, don't say it at all. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it definitely created a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know what the terms are used at the moment, but, you know, internet brave. Yeah, yeah, I know people. what you mean. I can't think of that term, but right. Yeah. And yeah, the last. used to call it telephone, telephone tough or something. Yeah. We used uh-huh. to call it that back in our time where people could, you know, you'd, you'd call. He'd call and have threats over the phone, but then the yeah, then you see him at school the next day. I didn't say that. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. all right. And and yeah. the last one, and this is more. This isn't just sports, but it, it, it just it just pans across movies, TV shows, season finales. Anything when you make your DVR irrelevant, you know? How, how, how do you go see a movie? anticipated movie and then that same night you get home and going man I didn't know Janie was the murderer wow <laughs> are you serious yeah it, some of that stuff's unfortunate it's, when people they have fun spoiling movies and spoiling events and stuff like that just they get a thrill out of that that's 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 just not nice you know you're taking a lot of enjoyment out of people to it's so stupid you know, get a life yeah. man okay yeah so that's good. I'm sorry. I was what I was looking at here on my on the iPad. I couldn't think of his name, but Dwayne Haskins. So it does create as well some ridiculous behavior from athletes and otherwise just yeah. to try to get mm-hmm. the get the likes. Yeah. Remember when he scored that touchdown? We were making fun of him because he ran. He, he took the selfie with the fan. Exactly. And he missed, good point. Yeah. He missed the extra point or something yeah, like that. Something they got a penalty. Like yeah. You know, just because he's trying to generate social media in their hands. interest, yep. right? And Excellent point. And his team of, I don't know. And it does create some problems, some addictions out there, even yeah. on a little show. Everybody wants to podcast. be on that perfect meme with that perfect picture. That's, it becomes that's iconic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's great right. point. Yep. I can so. tell you from personal experience, just our little show here, just trying to get stuff out there. Sometimes I have to stop myself. Because we'll post stuff, and I keep wanting to go and look and see how many likes on TikTok, how many of this, what's going on with this. And it, and you have to just get yourself away from that. So I can definitely see where people can get in that mindset in, I must create something Some to get that exposure yeah. out there because it's my whole brand and all this and that and the other. So, And it takes away from being in the moment with people mm-hmm. is a whole other big thing we can get into. But yeah, I agree with you. Big problem. It's certainly hurt more than it's helped over the years. Yeah. I'm you know, remember sure. Joe, Joe Horn, you know, with the cell phone 
in the sock. You know, it was like, are you serious? Were you really worried about getting that, playing it underneath the goalpost and instead yes. of focusing on the game? You know, I, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But millennials argue with you. Oh, that's cool. I know my son and I have had several arguments going back and forth. Um, I, I hate some of these touchdown celebrations when they look stupid. I, I really can't stand every time you get a first down, you got this thing going on. Like, dude, we get it. Okay? Get back in the huddle, man. You ain't done nothing yet. Yep. But anyway, so, okay. All right, well, that's my my story with that old deal. Now I want to move yep. something a little bit more serious, unfortunately. Um, against uh, the team up north, we don't like very much. Uh Recently, students have come out, Michigan, former Michigan players, with accusations of sexual misconduct against former team doctor Robert Andrews. And one reason that this story is really taking a lot of traction is because one of those players, or former players, is famed Michigan coach Bo Schenbleckler, Beckler's son, Matt Schenbleckler. And that caught a lot of people's attention. And sadly to say, he said Bo knew about it. And there's allegations that Bo would threaten former players that he would send them to the doctor. They didn't act right or something. Mm. Um, You think about this, and of course, the first thing that comes back to your mind is, you know, uh, once famed uh, coach Joe Paterno, and uh, his situation with Jerry Sandusky and what hurt people the most was the allegations that Joe knew uh, to the point that his statue was torn down. Um, he died disgraced uh, and it was really sad. So uh, now you got our current Michigan coach, Jim Harbaugh, who was caught together today defending Bo Beckler about how he, you know, didn't know nothing and ran a tight program. And it was just got all these people really ticked off going, you weren't even there in 69. So what do you know about it? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what that's going to do to his career. He's certainly got to do some clarification coming up soon. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, sure. Or, or he's going to hear from a lot of different uh, programs and, and, and institutions about people who have to deal with this horrible ordeal. Uh, he's going to get a lot of unfaithful letters. But I was thinking about this like, man, it's just, how does this affect us, fish, especially us as uh, Generation X, maybe even a little older? We see these once heroes get torn down. Um, you know, you, 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 thought, you thought these great thoughts about them. And I've always had to separate what I thought about a person on the field versus them as character. Uh, and... I can appreciate you, what you did. Like, I can appreciate Tiger Woods for what he did. Okay, all that other stuff, that's between him, his wife, and God. But when it comes to something like this, you know, if, if you were a hero of mine, I don't want to have nothing to do with you anymore. You think this affects us psychologically when we see our all our once heroes get torn down in this kind of a manner? Mm, I mean, it definitely uh, humanizes people a lot more, most certainly. We're putting okay, some serious serious uh, problems and uh, you know I'm sure at the time they were making some decisions they thought were in the best interest in some respects of the school and the program I don't know but uh, honestly if all this stuff happened they'd you know, bring it out expose it let people talk about it okay. let, vi- let I, victims uh, yeah. uh, get their say 
I wish I could have reinforced you. Go ahead. I wish I could have started this over and changed how I asked that because you brought up the point. I should have. I wish I could have asked: Is there anything good could come from it? Because I loved your answer. Um, if anything could come from something like this, is the humanization of these people who were looked up as as gods almost to some mm-hmm. people. And I think that's always been a terrible, terrible thing. I see that not just in sports. I see that in the world of ministry, uh, being an assistant pastor myself. You know, these people look at these pastors like they're actually God. And they need to be understood that, no, these are human beings just like you, fighting the same battles just like you. You know, so I think that's a really good point about the humanization part of it. Go ahead, you finish what you were saying. That's okay. Like I said, you know, even probably even more important than that is if, you know, these poor people who were victims of these atrocities, if some of the stuff getting out there allows them, as it did with the Joe Paternal investigation, Mm -hmm. to speak up and say, yes, this happened. I've I've had to deal with this shame or whatever it is Mm -hmm. for many years uh, and able to maybe heal from some of this. Uh, that's where some of this stuff is important too, and you should understand this stuff happens. I mean, they, I, I think you should get this out there because it, it yeah. it's a real thing that uh, people have to contend with at some of these universities and otherwise. So, you know, just because someone's a famous person does not mean they're a good, wholesome person. Right, it's, it's exactly. A good, wholesome program or school or whatever it is. So, yeah, I say if this stuff went on, get it out there and allow people to work through it. Yep. Okay. All right. So, um, move over to music real quick. Up mm-hmm. against the clock. About five uh, minutes, sir. Yep. Okay. Okay. Good. So today, um, music. Well, one thing that happened in music today in two thousand and two, um, Mick Jagger was night was knighted uh, in the Great Britain tradition of knighting certain. Uh, Englanders, if I could use that word. Uh, what I did know about this was that the queen did not actually hand him the sword because she did not think he was worthy of receiving this knighthood. Which also is telling of another thing that she isn't the last final word on on this. This story surprises you in any way, Fish? Uh it's 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 interesting. I'd like to know the process. We talked about a little off camera. Yeah, I don't know the whole process there, but yeah, it is it is interesting. And honestly, if I'm Mick Jagger. I think that's probably pretty cool. If yeah, I got I got knighted, but the queen thought I was some low life or whatever it was, but I still got it. I I think that's pretty neat. So yeah, and it, yeah. I, I have so much admiration for Big Jagger for the simple fact he can't dance. I'm sorry if you think that man can dance. You're stupid, and he cannot sing, and he still made a fortune. <laughs> you gotta love it, and he's oh, and yeah. he's ugly as all get out, and he says, "Here I am, baby." Love it or leave it, you know. Yep. One of the most confident beings, probably. Oh uh, my God! Yeah. Yep. that's a good yep. word to put. Confident. Yep. Okay. Good for him. All right. Also, 1997 on this day, Puff Daddy. There was Puff Daddy then, and Faith Evans went to number one with the song "I'll Be Missing You," which was a, a tribute to slain rapper Notorious B.I.G. Um, that was a big song, and I started thinking about it. Man, what are some of the best tribute songs? Uh, there don't have to be necessarily other fallen musicians, but just a tribute to people who died or, or were slain or something like that. What are some of your favorite tribute songs that we grew up on, Fish? Actually, a couple uh, by Elton John came to mind. It was uh, I heard it this past weekend, uh, Empty Garden, when he sang a tribute to his, yeah. his uh, recently uh, killed mm-hmm. friend, John Lennon. 
And he also did the tribute, the wonderful tribute, Elton John, to Princess Di when she passed away. That's one of my favorites, in the too. wind or something yeah. like that. Yeah, very, very moving stuff. So that's two to come to mind right away for Sir, also Nated, Sir Elton John. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that uh, Candle in the Wind is certainly one of my favorites. Um, can't get enough of that song. Uh, uh, Lean on Me by Bill Withers, the, another great tribute song. Just that song, period. Uh, on its own is a great song, and I also love uh, the song, uh, a song from Mama by the Boys uh, to Men that they did for their mothers. That was a great song. And remember the old Quiet Riot song. Uh, Thunderbird tribute to Randy Rose. Oh, that's same right. Ozzy guitar player. What was that song, Marvin? That someone did about Marvin Gaye. Very, very great song. Oh gosh, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll look it up. We'll yeah, look we'll it look up. that one up for sure. But those are great tribute song. Also, uh, celebrity birthdays today. Um, Junior Walker from Junior Walker and the All Stars. Boy George of Culture Club playing. And Chris DeGarmo, guitar player from the famed progressive rock metal band Queensryche. Any of those names stick out at you? Surprised that any of those guys are still alive? <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe all of them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? All those things I just said, obviously, we got to talk about Boy George. Uh -huh. uh, you know, this guy, man, with the life he's led, the drugs and the, you know, all these crazy things. Uh, shocked that he's still around. And he's been reemerging. Too in a lot of different ways, fashion and music. So, hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, that song was called "Night Shift" by the Commodores. Nice, there you go. Excellent. Yeah, it was a uh, Marvin Gaye. I can sing it in my head, but I could, yeah, yep. great song. Jackie Wilson and Marvin Gaye passed or passed away the same around the same time, so they they wrote that as a tribute to both. So. Yeah, you know, and it was great too because it was it was the first. It was uh, another hit for the Commodores without yep. the great Lionel Richie. So it yep. helps submit their legacy, too, um, and show the world that they were still a great band without the great Lionel Richie, who I, I love and respect as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, brother, that's it, man. You want to send us out? It was a great show. Perfect. So almost right on time. Uh, we couldn't have... Uh, uh, counted any better? I don't know. I was trying to get a finger count. I know you. Uh, I know you were working nah, it on it. <laughs> I couldn't. Couldn't quite get it there. Sorry. So, Skinner, we love you. Hope you're okay. We'll be thinking about you. Yeah, uh, Skinner so, Jr. We love you, my brother. Thank absolutely. you for all your help and all your work. And Christophus Dominic, love you, brother. Absolutely. So, I am Brian Fisher for Keith Porter. Thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate your support. Tune in again next week, and we'll uh, be back at you over some more interesting topics, hopefully from Gen X. So tune in. Thank you.